1: Welcome to Horse Hour. I'm your host, Amy Stevenson, and today I talked to Libby Head, an American rider. She's an inventor, and it was her first time at badminton on her fabulous horse called Rocky. She's got a great story that goes with how she bought Rocky to how she trained him to become a badminton contender, and I can't wait to hear about her journey. This is Horse Hour. Good, how are you? I'm really good, thank you. Oh my gosh, Libby, we've got so much to talk about. I've been so excited because I was at Badminton and bumped into your mum and your dad and um, they were so sweet. We were sat like looking at the big screen and there were these two people there that looked so scared. (laughs) Like I just thought, why do they look? They look really, really nervous. So... I went over and said, oh, your dad had an official's badge on. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, you've got an official's badge on. What like, what are you doing here? And um, he said, oh, my daughter's riding. I was like, no way. That's so exciting. And then I met your mom, Sarah, and uh, she said it was your debut at Badminton. Yeah, yeah. I'm really glad that they came. My mom
2: hasn't really been out in the country before, so it's always a trek for her and I think that makes her nervous in itself, just (laughs) the traveling. Um, But, yeah, it was really great that
1: they were there. Do they come and watch a lot of you at competitions?
2: Yeah, in the States. They come to a lot of, uh, I think they kind of use it as their vacation time because they don't take a (laughs) lot of those.
3: (laughs) Or a vacation (laughs) of stress.
2: Yeah, they they bring their camper and um,
1: just camp out and have fun. Oh, bless them. Well, they can't bring their camper over to the UK, can they? No, that didn't work out. (laughs) So uh, your mum told me a little bit about you, and it sounds like your journey is really, really fascinating. So I'd love for you to share it with us. Uh, okay, well, so let's, let's do a proper introduction for Libby Head from the USA. <laughs> <laughs> You're an international eventer, Libby, and you came over to badminton. It was your debut at badminton. Have you ridden any competitions over here before? No, that was the first one. It's my first time to England, actually. Wow, that's yeah. insane. Because yeah. badminton is like the pinnacle of eventing. You know, ev- everyone's heard of badminton all over the world. And you say, I'll tell you what, I'm not just going to be a competitor. I'm going to compete at badminton. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. You know, I tried to come over last year in June to Lomulin, uh, but I broke my wrist a week before.
3: Oh, um, no. About,
2: and I was really sad at first, but I'm kind of happy... And it worked out that way because I got to come to badminton instead. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, how did you break your wrist? Um, it was I had a day off and I went skimboarding at the beach. Oh,
3: no, um, and
2: it was really dumb. I just kind of landed on, um, like landed backwards on my hands and
1: broke both the bones. My dad did his Achilles heel doing that. Really yeah yeah he was trying to compete with my brother who's 27 and you know (laughs) you can't you can't compete and so he thought he could do the skimboarding better than my brother could and with first go bang he was flat on his back and has not been able to walk properly since oh no it looks (laughs) so easy when other people Mm -hmm. do it and it's It's not it's like this It, it did make me laugh because i did hear some old school riders talking about on the radio talking about you skimboarding. Of breaking your hand. And they were like, What is this skimboarding? <laughs> Are those the
2: commentators in dressage?
1: Yeah. I think I listened to them. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny. (laughs) Well, for those that don't know, skimboarding is basically a very thin wooden board. It's almost like made out of MDF, isn't it? Like a surfboard, but thin. And you skim it across the water when it goes onto the beach. And then you have to jump and try and surf along the beach. It's really cool when you get the hang of it, but there's quite a few falls beforehand. Yeah. So then you breaking your arm then meant that you couldn't go to that competition. That was your first international.
2: Yep, it was going to be Lemulin. In Germany. And we actually ended up, because it was so close to the show, we had our plane tickets, so we just went anyway and kind of made a vacation of it. And it was actually my first time out of the country ever. So it was really fun. It's a great experience. (laughs) Even though it didn't work out how it was supposed to. But um,
1: That's kind of good, though, because it meant that you got to see what to expect when you went to a competition, didn't you, from abroad?
2: Yeah, I think taking a horse and experiencing just being out of the country would have been kind of overwhelming, <laughs> like, altogether. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. It wasn't easy this time around, but um, I, I knew a little bit more what to expect. <laughs>
1: Well, we're going to get on to badminton because I really, really want to talk about that. But your mum told me a little bit about your history and how you started. And I'd love for you to share it with us, if that's okay. So can you take us back to the early days of when you started riding and what it was that got the bug for it? Because your mum and dad don't ride, do they?
2: No, they're not really horsey at all. I think I just remember when I was little, they used to take me trail riding. Mm -hmm. And um, I really, really enjoyed that. And I was just one of those kids that asked for a pony for Christmas, <laughs> and I actually got one. <laughs> Did you? You're lucky. <laughs> um, yeah, we have. Yeah, we have a lot of land at home, so it was kind of easy to make a little like stall in our shed and uh, have a little p- pony. But I think just from that, I I just asked for lessons one day, and I happened to start taking them at an eventing barn mm-hmm. um, nearby. I had no idea what eventing was, but when I started taking lessons there, I, I really enjoyed
1: it and loved eventing, and just, it kind of went from there. <laughs> so you got the bug. How old were you when you went to the eventing yard?
2: I think I was around well, 12, mm-hmm. 12 or 13. I did my first show in 2005, I believe, in eventing.
1: What, and your first show? Your first eventing show? You were 13? You are joking. <laughs> no, yeah, I think, um, yeah, 2005. I don't know how long. Good wow. 10 years ago.
2: Yeah, I was thirteen. Yep. Yeah.
1: So, the, so the people that you trained with there must have known then that you had good potential. I actually started with
2: the barn owner's daughter, and she was great. I had a little pony that was just perfect, and he taught me so much. And mm. after that, I moved. Um, uh, Werner Gavin is the head trainer. He, um, he's Dutch. He went to the wags and rolex and all that and um then i started taking lessons with him and he helped
1: me you know grow in it (laughs) did you have many falls off that pony no because i remember falling off at 13 and breaking my arm i was trying to do three jumps in a row I got the first one and I lost my balance a little bit on the second one and the third one I was off and I even remember the horse (laughs) it was called Juliet and I was 13 years old and anyway the instructor made me get back on the horse and so I had to walk around the worst part yeah they got to make you get back on and I ended up going to hospital broke my arm it was a a hairline fracture and that was it I didn't ride again for five years because I was too scared so for you if you've came off to Get back on and compete, still still carry on cross country and competing <laughs> eventing.
2: Yeah, that actually reminds me. Before I went to the eventing barn, I I took lessons. I took maybe four or five lessons, not very many at all at at this little barn near our house. And the pony the pony didn't. He did something and scared me and I screamed and he just took off running around the arena and I fell off and I got in the car and I was like, I don't want to come back anymore. So I didn't really ride for very long.
1: But you do, don't you? You get back on it. And sadly, it took me five years. But yeah. if I'd had people around me who were horsey, it might have made a bit of a difference because they would have said, "Oh, will just right. get back on your fine. But my mum's as scared of horses more than anyone I know. So she was like, no, don't do that. Amy, it's too dangerous. <laughs>
3: I know.
2: I, my mum around horses is just very hands off and she'll look at them from a distance.
1: <laughs> the lovely thing about your mum and your dad was how proud they are of you you know, they were beaming from ear to ear. And could you tell me the story? Because she said, I've got to ask you, the story of when you bought your horse, which you're competing now.
2: Oh, Rocky. Yeah, I had, at the time, I had um, an Irish sport horse that just, he was not interested in jumping at all. And I was, I think I was 16. I was still in high school. And um, Werner, who we were training with at the time, had seen this little horse a couple months before hmm. so we went to try him and it's funny we had the trailer to take him on trial and I tried him and I really liked him but he was so skinny I uh, was very neglected it looks like they had just kind of tossed him out in the pasture and not really touched him for a while hmm. <laughs> and he had done he had done one novice event which in the states is a really tiny level not the bigger one that it is here but he didn't want and gotten eliminated and i remember them telling my dad how much they wanted for him and it, it was way more than you would ask for a horse like that and so my dad was like okay well thanks for your time and we just left mm. and they actually called us back a couple days later and uh off, like lower the price and uh, we agreed to it and went and got him and, and what were um, the exact
1: words that you said to your dad
2: you know, I, I don't remember. I think it was just the, the thing was he was so neglected that we even tried just getting him taken away from those people just in general because he had a heart murmur and he was anemic because he was just so skinny and, and neglected for those however long he was just you know sitting in the pasture kind of wasting away mm. so it was kind of sad you know we just wanted to get him out of that
1: situation so they were riding him competing him and he was a skinny neglected horse
2: well I don't think they were competing him because he had done just one show and I think it was um a year or two before then and I think the girl maybe just ran out of money or she couldn't afford to keep him so while she was trying to sell him I think she just he just kind of got put on the back burner um mm. and kind of ignored.
3: Yeah.
1: So you said, please, can I have him? <laughs> yeah,
2: because, and, and, I mean, for how green he was, he was 10 years old, but he really hadn't done anything. And you could just tell his jump was so effortless and his canter was great and that he'd be a great little horse. But that first year was really difficult. Just <laughs> I fell
1: off a lot.
2: Did you <laughs> A lot, a lot. Yeah. So you
1: saved him.
2: Yeah, and then I honestly, I remember thinking, what have I done Like, I I just went from this horse that didn't want to jump to this horse that tries to kill me all the time. Oh, my gosh. Um, What did he do? He would nap back to the barn on a daily basis. And that was so frustrating. I mean, he would rear. I think... The first week I had him, he reared up and fell on me. Um, oh my gosh! Just, a, a what? Like, what did he fall backwards? I think he was so weak, and I was so such a green rider. He went to rear, and I just held onto the reins too tight, and because he was so weak, I just kind of pulled him over with oh. me. It was really. And strange. he landed on me. Um, we kind of landed on the side, so hmm. it wasn't it wasn't too dramatic. So but you were was, okay. You know, That's scary. the main thing. Yeah.
1: Who was there when that happened? Was somebody there to help you?
2: I think I had another friend in the arena. It was really like, he got right back up and ran off. But I had just, I remember my friend telling me like, what, like the same thing, like, what have you done? Like, you just got this crazy horse. (laughs) He's not going to ever do anything. He's just going to be crazy. But after we stuck out that year, he kind of turned around. And, you know, since then we haven't had very many problems, except for in the dressage that took a little bit longer for him to really enjoy. Oh, really? Not that he enjoys it now, but... (laughs) What didn't he like about it? I don't know. He would just get in the ring and um, get really nervous. It started a little bit from the beginning, but it really showed up when we started going advanced. I think just his fitness level really increased, and he just handling that with the stress of the show. I got eliminated, I know, at least once for disobedience because he would just his head would just go crazy and he wouldn't be able to respond. And
1: Could you talk me through that? Because we we, we all have disobedient horses. Yes. <laughs> In fact, I don't I'm... know any of my friends that have a horse that goes into the dressage ring and the horse does what it's supposed to do. But we're trying. Right. We're trying to overcome it. So <laughs> talk me through that moment then when you're going into a competition and you've done all this preparation. What's he called? Uh, Rocky. Rocky. And Rocky decides that he doesn't... Want to do what you want him to do, right? How would you get through that? Oh, it was so so frustrating because
2: he's very sensitive. So all of the aids that were okay and warm up, they just become hypersensitive in the ring. Mm. So I would offend him just you know very minorly, and he would take huge offense to it and blow up. What would he do? He, he wouldn't rear, but he would. Um, I don't know what to call it. He would kind of hop. <laughs> And uh, he wouldn't try to run away, but he would just kind of jump in the air a little bit. Um, and uh, <laughs> if he wasn't doing that, he was just
1: really, really tense. Which is hard because part of dressage is that you, they've got to be relaxed and supple.
2: Yeah, yeah it was really, uh, just really s- frustrating. And I think I just had to learn how to ride him more um, empathetically, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Try and learn how to manage it and... I put him on actually a magnesium supplement called Nupafeed that really really helped. Okay. And I think once once it started helping him feel a little calmer, he started associating the ring, you know, a little bit happier, <laughs> with a little bit more happiness. <laughs> um, because I think it did start to become just a habit. Like even if everything was fine, he would see the ring and it would be a really big deal to him, and he would kind of have those those feelings even.
1: Well, it's learned behavior, isn't it? A lot of it. So so it's it's very different. And especially as you, I guess you don't know much about what he did previous to you buying him. So like you said, he was quite green. (laughs) So it's going to take you longer to prepare him for those moments. And if he's used to jumping around like a loon, then he's like, oh, well, this is what we do in here. Exactly. Exactly. Are you quite a calm, quiet rider? I am. I am.
2: I think in life too, I'm just kind of a chilled out person. So, yeah, <laughs> I would try and keep him calm, but sometimes, you know, I think I would tense up and not really realize it. But, but really the calmer I stayed, it didn't really help too much for him. No. <laughs> but I think, I mean, over the past year, he's really, really grown up in the ring. And I go in expecting the blow up, and I'm always surprised when he comes out you know, and does a great test and knock on wood. He seems to be just getting better and better um, in there. So I hope it keeps going.
1: Oh, there will be a time. Everybody has a time when they go in and they're just like, what is the horse on today? Yeah. Why has this happened? Yeah, that's been, but, um, yeah. I'm sorry, Libby, but it does make it more exciting for us to watch. <laughs> I know. I agree. <laughs> I definitely
2: agree. It's just... Like, now I have to learn how to ride a test instead of just keeping him, like, all his four feet on the ground. Yeah, it's totally different.
1: Well, when you're looking at Rocky, it went uh, what he was like. What was this eight years ago, yes. and now to where you are today, and how far you guys have come? It's a real rags to riches story, isn't it? The broken horse that needs rescuing, and you've trained him yourself, which is just unbelievable. Because you'll go as you're going through. It's hard enough ourselves to learn how to ride, and to learn how to ride properly. <laughs> Normally, we get a very experienced horse that helps teach us how to ride before we then go and teach horses how to ride you you two are learning very much together yeah so it's even more sense of achievement
2: yeah it's I mean it kind of had its downfalls in that I didn't know what I was doing he didn't know what he was doing so you know that led to some of the you know problems like the dressage problems and stuff like that but he's such a great horse to learn on because he does not have a stop in him and he doesn't have a stop you know, i can I can mess up a hundred times, and he's just still happy to jump over anything that I'm pointing him at.
0: <laughs>
2: I mean, he's just so great. I, I couldn't ask for another, I mean, a better horse, yeah, to learn on. You know, most horses would just be like, no, I'm not going to just keep letting you run the end of this jump and be stupid, but he just, he loves it. He doesn't love it, but he just, he doesn't know any better. His ears are always forward, and he just, <laughs> when he sees a jump, he just gets so happy. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think he's your forever horse? Oh, yeah, definitely. I I will never sell him. He will be in my backyard, retired somewhere. Um, yeah, I can <laughs> never part with him.
1: <laughs> so then, okay, so we're going down a few years now and you and Rocky have been working together a while. Where did you go? What was your plan? Did you have a golden plan or was it just let's see how we
2: get on? Yeah, it was really just let's see what happens because when I – When I got him, you know, I was in high school. I didn't know what I was going to do for college. And I did know I wanted to go to college. So that kind of time in my life, I was just kind of figuring out everything (laughs) with him Mm -hmm. and school. And I did Young Riders those years, first in 2009 and then next in 2011. And so that was through college. And I mean, I'm really happy I went and also had the opportunity to keep him and keep riding uh, through all that.
1: Did you ride him purely yourself? or did Because some people, when they go to uni, they need a sharer or they need someone else to ride at the same time. Did you need any help?
2: No, usually I would um, be the one riding him. Sometimes, like uh, my best friend Devin Brown, she actually grew up for me a badminton, uh, but we lift together. <laughs> and uh, sometimes, you know, if I had a test and she didn't, Maybe she would hack him out for me or flat him. So that was really helpful to have another horse friend.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and your best friend
2: as well. Yeah, we actually did Young Riders together in 2009. That's when we met. Um, We've kind of just been best friends ever since. How lovely. And what's she doing now? She actually just graduated school and she flew back from badminton to go and take her board exams to
1: be an X ray. um... Oh, really? What, a human X ray technician or or horses? A human. So she doesn't want to make it a career for herself in the equestrian industry. She does, but
2: like me, she wanted um, like a backup plan in case it didn't all work out. <laughs> so is she competing now? Then is she an inventor? She um, she is. She's actually looking for a new horse to start with. And she was um, when she was here, she was actually horse shopping too. Part groom, part oh really? shopper. <laughs> yeah.
1: Did Devon see any that she likes?
2: Uh, yeah, a couple. A couple. I mean, there's just such nice horses over here. Like, just so many. It's not really like that in the States, I would say. Just the selection over here is... You just have more to choose from, I think, <laughs> that are for sale. Oh, really? Yeah. What's it like over in America, then? There's just not as many... For sale, like there, there'll be fifty-two star horses here for sale. But in the states, you might
1: can only find ten. Hmm. But loads of trail, but loads of trail horses. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> See, we need more trail horses over here too. I know.
2: <laughs> I, I had two trail horses um, when I was younger after the pony pony, um, and they were they were great. I fell off one a lot too. He was a little two-year-old. I don't know why my parents bought me a two-year-old when I was like ten, but i stayed alive
1: so do you ride trail horses younger then because over here we don't back riding horses until three or four racing horses they get backed earlier but there's a a massive argument over whether they're too young and whether actually they're you know they're developed enough at two to be racing or to be riding at all so most people you know wait until they're, they're three
2: right I think this horse was a halter horse. I don't know if those are... What does that mean? It means they um, basically just put a halter on them and stand them up and somebody judges them on how they look. <laughs> oh, it's a show horse. Yeah. And I guess they just broke him um, after that. I'm not really sure. I don't remember. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was a long time yeah. ago. It wasn't that long ago. Because what are you, 24? Uh, yeah. See, you're a baby. You got loads of time. Wait until you're thirty one and you start needing the Botox. Oh no. <laughs> you then then it's not doesn't feel like a long time ago. You can't remember that time. Yeah, I <laughs> Okay, awesome. So I'd love for you to take us through. Then you have had Rocky a few years. You, you didn't really have a plan. You were seeing what was going. At what point did you make it? Did you get to Kentucky? At what point did you even think I'm going to go to Kentucky? Well, I
2: I moved up to advanced um in 2012, mm-hmm. and um our first event went great. But our next to we had a couple mistakes on cross country. It was just. You know getting used to that level it's really different but after that we kind of set out trying to qualify for a three-star that was really difficult just getting the qualifying dressage score
1: so it's it's dressage then that's the sticking point for you guys to go up the ranks even higher
2: exactly and um, that was always our hardest phase he would jump around clear all day but I was just always crossing my fingers we were under 75 penalties <laughs> in dressage so yeah finally we got all the scores we needed to do a cci three star and we did fair hill international in 2013 um in october and we it was the biggest event that we'd done up to that point and he just took it all so well cross country was Mm -hmm. so easy for him and it was so much fun like i think he jumped around clear the next day and show jumping I, i don't i don't recall but it was just for our first three star. It was a really great experience. So um, after that, my coach came up and kind of said, "Well, maybe we should start thinking about Kentucky since this, you know, went so well and we were qualified for it." So I took the next semester off school because I decided if I was going to do it, I really wanted to, you know, dedicate myself to it and really try to do it well. And I just didn't think. I didn't think I could balance school and Rolex, even though I'd balanced, you know, school riding up to that point. I just didn't want to push it. And, you know, um, so I went down to Florida and trained with my coach now, Kyle Carter, and he helped us so much. And we had a great spring season leading up to it. So we decided to go (gasps) scary times. Yeah. I wouldn't let anybody that I lived with say it. We had a countdown, like in our kitchen and it didn't say what the countdown was for. It just just had some numbers up there. But yeah, it was was great.
1: (laughs) Were you feeling the pressure? Were you putting a lot of pressure on yourself, Libby? No, I
2: actually wasn't because I just felt like, you know, up until this point, everything's been really good. And this is my first four-star. I mean, nobody expects you to win. So Mm. I really just went into it wanting to have fun because he's so easy to have fun on him. Um, And I think that really made it a really great experience because there really wasn't any pressure. Yeah, you could just enjoy it. Yeah, exactly. Like, I wasn't there to win or, I mean, I knew even if it didn't go well, like, so what? It was my first four star, (laughs) you know? um, (laughs) It doesn't have to go well, but um, it ended up going really well, so.
0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash loss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss.
3: Hold up. What was that?
0: it was just kind of icing on the cake <laughs> how
2: did you get on he was really good at dressage uh um, really yeah. Yeah, Rocky. <laughs> yeah even though that huge arena with all those people he was great he got i think a 63 which isn't for other horses that's not that great but for him we were really happy is that 63 oh yes sorry it's like um i don't think it's a percentage it's penalty points so okay. um at the fei they have a different coefficient than say the normal like uh, events so they'll be a little higher in those scores like um in the 40s that's really great instead of like in the 20s for a normal show i guess Does that make sense okay yeah <laughs> yeah so he so he did well so what do you know what position you came after dressage i don't know we were kind of near the end But cross-country, he went clear. It was so much fun. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just a handful of time penalties, and then show jumped double clear, and um, we ended up 19th. Oh, my God. Amazing. So great. It really went better.
1: (laughs) A lot of that has got to be down to the fact that you're chilled out and you're relaxed about it. You're not getting stressed. You're just saying, well, let's just see what happens. And, um, and enjoy it yeah
2: I was really after the event I was like I don't know what I told myself but I need to remember and write it down so I can <laughs> tell it <that> to myself <laughs> all the time
1: <laughs> and is Devon with you at this point she,
2: was. she <laughs> came um she yeah she came to groom for me there because I don't have like I do everything myself I don't have a real groom so I was so happy that she wanted to come and help me there and I hope I can group for her when she gets, you know, to her first four-star too.
1: <laughs> Is it tough, Libby? Because you've got to fund everything yourself. You're like, you said you're the only person, you're doing everything yourself. Is it tough financially trying to support yourself to do this?
2: I've been really, really, really lucky that my parents have always supported me with Rocky and the Horses, even through school. And, um, now that I've graduated, I'm really trying to fund it myself, but I still need help from them, and I'm glad that they're there to help me out too. Your
1: mum told me a really interesting story. Actually, it's my brother was a professional rugby player, so it's not it's not equestrian, but you know when, yeah. when you're trying to when the, <laughs> when. <laughs> yeah. he's only little blessings <laughs> he, he was awesome but over the years they had to support him and they wanted to support him because you never know how far it's going to go so you just keep supporting and i remember them traveling all over the country staying in you know the cheapest hotel like not even hotels i mean these places were horrific just to be there to make sure that he was at the place that he needed to be and um, your mom said it's exactly the same you know sometimes we haven't got any money you just know that Libby, need, she said Libby needed to be where she needed to be. And we did everything that we could. And she said she loves her camper because you and her dad and you and your dad and your mom used to go around in the camper van to all these shows, making sure that you were in the right places, getting and getting the right education, I guess.
2: Yeah, I mean,
1: it's, it's,
2: it's always been really great. Like, I would always be like, are you sure? Are you sure I can do this? Like, I don't want to burden you guys. And the answer was always, of course. Like we want to help you. This is what you want to do, and they've just really done everything they
1: can. Like you said, <laughs> it's been really great. It's lovely that they're so supportive and they will do they'll do that because a lot of parents wouldn't yeah. And also, it's refreshing to hear the honest truth of how hard it is when you're up and coming trying to make it as a rider because the truth is from the outside world, you automatically presume parents must be loaded must have loads of money or somebody has funded this and pumped loads of money into them to get to where you are so quickly but When you delve into the truth of it, the truth of it is your parents are two very normal, hard-working people that have been staying in a camper van outside shows to get you in the right places, buying a a horse because it's broken, because it needs rescuing to stop the horse from dying, to then, you you know, trying to get you the best tuition that they can whilst making sure that you're going to school and saying, right, well, you've got this horse now, Libby, so you're going to have to make it work because we can't afford another horse. <laughs> exactly
2: what happened. <laughs> I didn't even try asking for another horse because I knew I was stuck with this one. I had to make it work. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then I can see why they're so proud of you when they're sat at badminton watching you ride in one of the biggest events in the world. And I just think that the sacrifices that they've made it, and that you've made, it's completely humbling to see it from that side of how it is.
2: Yeah, now that you put it like that, I think I'm going to cry. <laughs> I just can't believe it. we've <laughs> made it like to this point. It doesn't feel like... I mean, I didn't wake up when I was 13 to say, I want to go to badminton. It was just, you know, all the stepping stones along the way that just kind of, we just kind of wound up here, you know, of course I've always Mm -hmm. wanted to go to badminton, but it's just like, I think when people think of goals and they seem really big and it kind of puts them off a bit, like there's always those little like steps along the way that are going to get you closer to that goal, you know, in the end.
1: A very interesting thing, Heather Bennett, she's a para dressage rider, and she's also on the long list for the Olympians for Great Britain. And she said a really interesting thing a few days ago. It was, um, I've always had small goals which lead me to my end goal and the small goals have to be achievable goals. Exactly. And I thought, well, that yeah, that just kind of keeps you on the right track if you know where you're going, but you've got the little goals on the way, which and, and they've got to be achievable. There's no point in saying my goals are to win the Grand Slam, Kentucky, Burley, and Badminton by next year. Well, if you win that, Libby, that would be incredible. <laughs> but your little goal would be a huge goal for me, which would just be to get to Badminton. But um your little goal is to go to Badminton and enjoy it and whatever you come you come and then the next competition is okay well we're going to go to that competition and enjoy it and maybe do a little bit better and maybe we'll get a 50 dressage score rather than a 65 dressage score it's the little goals that keep you going yeah yeah
2: I never go expecting to win because you know I know Michael Junk's going to be there and you know it's not really a chance yeah but you (laughs) never know something might
1: happen to his horse (laughs) he might not be allowed to ride in the final jump off (laughs) (laughs)
3: <laughs> oh, no.
1: Yeah, it was really,
2: it was really interesting being a Badminton, And, you know, we never, I mean, it, like we see all these riders, like over in the States, but actually riding around them and being in the barns with them is just a whole nother experience. What's it like? What's it like in the barn? Um, Do people talk to each other? Yeah, I was kind of at the end of one barn. So I only had like um, Buck Davidson, another American as a neighbor. He's cool. He's lovely. He's great. I've never actually really talked to him before, but he was really sweet. Him and Boyd, um, before my coach got there, really kind of took me in and took me on course walks and stuff and really tried to include me in everything. It was really sweet. But I mean, I feel really embarrassed after cross country. I was walking Rocky and a lady came up and was really nice and said how great he looked and like he was having so much fun. I was like, oh, thank you so much. And then I realized later that it was Lucinda Green. And I didn't even oh. recognize her. And I could have told her how great she was and oh, I feel so stupid, but.
1: Oh you know, no, but that's that smile, lovely. Like, brush shoulders of people. Yeah, but you don't, it's hard because you don't expect, you don't expect to see them outside of a comfort zone. You're, you're, or outside of like you said of on TV, you don't expect them to be like right there talking yeah. to you, do you? Yeah,
2: it's kind of like a celebrity that you see on TV that you would never expect to see in real life, kind of.
1: And they all know each other quite well, don't they? So as a as a newbie, do you approach them? Do you not approach them? <laughs>
3: <I> <laughs> do you know. ask for your photo? <laughs> um,
2: if I had a little like in maybe for the conversation, I'm a really shy person, so I probably <laughs> wouldn't. But Devin actually got an amazing picture with Mark Todd. She, I was in the barn doing something. She happened to take Rocky out on a walk. And five minutes later, I get a picture of all three of them together. Rocky has his tongue sticking out, and they just look so happy. And I'm like, she just got a picture with Mark Todd, and I'm sitting back in the
1: barn. Like, how did this happen? <laughs> it was so great. Um, yeah. Well, maybe you should send Lucinda a little message and just say hi and and explain to her that because I'm sure she's lovely. I'm sure she'd reply and say, "No worries, you were lovely." <laughs> the thing is, you you were concentrating on a game. <laughs> I, um, we
2: stayed at Jesse Campbell's farm before we went to badminton, and I think I told Devin, I honestly didn't know who he was, but I um, somebody told me he was also going to badminton, so maybe we could get a ride with him. And I think I might have mentioned that to Devin, but I don't remember. But um, after she got there, we left the car and she was like, I just asked him if he was an inventor. I can't believe I just asked him that. (laughs) Like, and um, it was embarrassing. Oh no, awkward
1: moment. (laughs) (laughs) I think there's going to be quite a few of those. (laughs) Uh. so then okay right let's get on to talk me through badminton then so it's the first time that you've you've come oh kentucky what were you 22 when you did kentucky yes actually yeah 22 were you one of the youngest riders to ever do that competition
2: that year i was the youngest along with someone else i think rachel mcdonough
1: was also 22 Mm. and then two years later you're riding at badminton but why did you wait the two years so we were gonna try to go
2: to Poe in 2014 mm. after Rolex, but I just I didn't fundraise enough money, so we put that off. And then our next goal was oh that December. I'm sorry, I got a grant from USCA, which is the eventing organization here. Sorry, in the states. I'm not in the states right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and. It was just enough to cover a trip overseas, which was really great. So I decided to use it to go to Lemulin in two thousand and fifteen. Uh, but that didn't work out. And that's
1: when you break your arm. Yeah, and I
2: chose <laughs> Lemulin because it was in the summer and I wouldn't have to take time off school because I was very close to graduating and just wanted to you know, get through that. So then then I decided after I graduated in the fall that I would try to do badminton because I mean he's 18 this year and I didn't want to do Rolex and then wait more time to go somewhere in the fall. I wanted to try and get over here mm. soon.
1: And you did incredibly well. I mean, I've got to ask you: Did you hear the cheer when you left the ring after your show jumping?
2: Yeah, I did. I do. <laughs> I do Yay! remember that. Yeah, it was awesome.
1: I mean, that was us. Yeah. Yeah. There was a whole group there was a whole group of us and um and we were like and we were sat quite close to your mum and dad well they were in like they were in the posh bit <laughs> where all the riders and the coaches are. We were in the peasant's bit in case it rained, you know. Uh, no roof in case it rained. It's actually scorching hot. We just wanted you to know that there was support there for you and your mum and dad really to know that there was support there for them Aww. as well, so we cheered as loud as we could. Everyone looked at us like,
0: hmm, really?
2: I think they all thought we were American. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> I know, I always hear cheers, especially out of cross country. It's just really cool. And I don't know if people know how much it really does, like, you know, it gives me it makes me happier to hear people cheering when I'm out on course. <laughs> I don't
1: know. Like, it's just, I don't know. It <laughs> makes me blush when people cheer, but I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> they say, so, so some of the riders that I've been lucky to speak to said, you need to zone out that cheer. You need to zone out the crowd. Cause that's when you're focused on, on your job and what you're doing. And, um, is that, it must be quite difficult though. Cause you're still so wrapped up in, in the whole environment. Right. It's,
2: yeah. Um, it's funny, I don't course, I was really focused at the jumps, obviously, but I was just getting a little distracted in the really long gallop, just there's so many people. And it's funny, I remember my friend Catherine was supposed to come, and I heard this American cheering really, really loudly. So I just happened to look <laughs> over to my left, and it's Catherine just off the plane with her suitcase on the galloping lane, <laughs> cheering so loud. I was like, oh, my gosh, I can't oh. believe I just saw her. I need to <laughs> focus. Um, <laughs> it was kind of a funny moment <laughs> um, out there. Oh, bless her. It was so nice of her to come all that I way. Know. It was so great to see her. I haven't seen her in a while. So um, she's funny. She she popped up at Rolex. She popped up here. She just kind of shows up everywhere. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so how did you get on? What was your final score at Badminton? You got around mm-hmm. safely, which was the main yeah. thing. But how did you do?
2: I finished 31st. I'm not
1: sure my final score. I had 20,
2: like six time in cross country because I went the long way at the Vicarage V. And um, that really took up a, a up mm.
1: oh, time. Oh, how was that? Were you worried? Because everyone was worried about oh, Vicarage V. I was v.
2: Terrified. <laughs> I was back at the barns <laughs> watching... They had the live stream going there, and after the first couple people, I just had to stop and go, <laughs> go back to the barn because I was getting really nervous. I couldn't believe I was about to get on and go try to do that. <laughs> but thankfully, my coach came in and, and helped me like he always does. He always has you know good words of wisdom. <laughs> but he told me just to <laughs> go for the alternate. I'm not here to win. I'm here to finish. So just try and make it home safe. So that kind of took a lot of pressure off doing that
1: what did you what did you learn from the experience i
2: think i was nervous because he's always been such a great cross-country course but it was such a tough course and seeing all those really seasoned horses and riders uh you know having mistakes and not finishing and then him going out there and just like i thought he really might not make it around this course like look at all these other people falling and um he just took everything in stride and just, it was so easy for him. And, like, I don't think I'll ever forget that because I really had my doubts. And then he just kind of <laughs> blew them out of the water. Um, and it just, I don't know, it was just such a great feeling. So what you, what's your plans now then? What are you going to do next? Well, I'm still here in England, obviously. And I'm working for Tim Rusbridge, who is an inventor. And he also breaks and racehorses starting in like august Mm. so um i'm just kind of here to support myself for a couple months and try and go to burley
1: (gasps) when's burley
2: it's in september oh soon
1: okay so what sort of preparation are you going to be doing for that
2: that i'm still trying to figure out because i don't know um any of the events here (laughs) or Mm -hmm. what i need to do but um he's going to have a couple more weeks off, and then we're going to bring him back into work. And if he's feeling good, we'll try and aim for that.
1: So he's having a little holiday now then? Yeah, he's Aww. having a little vacation. Is he settled? Did he settle okay after the, from the flight?
2: Yeah, he actually flew really, really well. He hopped right on the little box they put on the plane. And I didn't travel with him, but Devin did. And she said he just hopped on every lorry that he had to go on. And he was really exhausted by the end. But He recovered in just, like, probably two days. He slept for a little bit, and then he was
0: fine.
2: (laughs) Um, Did he winnie when he saw you? No, he was so exhausted. He was so tired. He was falling asleep on the last lorry he was on. They could see him in the camera. (laughs) (laughs) But I think he got really shocked the first night he was here at his new yard because he got turned out in the rain, and he hates the cold (laughs) and the rain, and he never has to go out when it's raining, the horses here do so he's gonna have to get used to it I'm afraid Libby welcome to England (laughs) (laughs) exactly he was very mad at me but hopefully he'll he'll get over it
1: (laughs) okay so we're heading for Burley then mega exciting um how can we follow you because we want to know we want to stay up to date with everything that you're doing are you on Twitter no
2: not anymore I used to be but I got got really overwhelmed (laughs) Twitter's a scary place sometimes (laughs) Um, (laughs) but I'm on Instagram a lot actually.
1: Okay. Uh, Can you come back onto Twitter please? I'll
2: try. <laughs> <laughs> it's Thank just you. like another th- I don't know, I just I keep scrolling and scrolling and oh I just forget what time and then it's an hour later.
1: <laughs> <laughs> just brief little updates of your competitions for us at Horse Hour would be amazing. Oh, yeah. And then what's your what's your Facebook page? I
2: do have an eventing one, but I need to get better at updating it. <laughs> <laughs> But my personal page, I put public post up too, so um people can see that.
1: Right. So it's just Libby Head. Yep.
2: And then Libby Head Eventing is right there too. And I'll try awesome. To and then you're on Instagram on Mads Libs Twelve. <laughs> 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 it's like a little book. <laughs> I don't know if they have oh, them here. No. Okay, so it wouldn't make sense. But anyway, <laughs> I should probably change <laughs> it to like Libby Head Eventing or something. But so can you? What, what is it? M A D D. L-I-B-B-S, 12. L-I-B-B-S, 12. Yeah. It's like a little okay, book that you have Instagram. blanks and you have to like fill in a story. Basically, it's called a Mad Lib.
1: Uh, yeah. Oh, nice. I like that idea. Yeah. Libby, thank you so much for your time. Good luck with Rocky. And uh, we can't wait to see you at Burley. Thank you. I'm really excited. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode and thank you for subscribing to Acast Plus. You can hear all sorts of exclusive episodes plus you get to hear every episode of Horse Hour before everybody else. So right now you can hear Narvin Kerr who's a physiotherapist for Trey Health and she looks after international show jumper Jay Hallam. I also talked to Jay about his story what it's like being a show jumper. It turns out he trains eventing horses too so he's been in the eventing industry for a long time. He tells us the difference between the two, what it's like to be a show jumper and uh, also some of the struggles that he's been through because it's not easy trying to run a business and train horses and be a professional show jumper. I also speak to Gemma Tattersall. I had a lovely hour with her. She told us everything. What it's like to ride at badminton, preparation for Rio, her horses that she's got. It was just amazing. So I hope you enjoy listening to her interview. And then there's Rosemary Lang. She is part of the Mark Davies Injured Riders Fund. Now, Rosemary was friends with Mark Davies when he sadly lost his life. So his family and his friends set up a fund in in recognition of him and in memory of him. And the fund is amazing. They do such great work from not only supporting riders that have been injured whilst they've been riding, but also, you know, if there's anything that they need, then the money that they have goes towards helping them. So it could be a machine that they need, or they might need a wheelchair, or they might need advice of where to go. Then that's where Rosemary's team come in. So you can listen to all those on ACUS+ and don't forget you can follow me on twitter i'm at amy stevenson one and horse hour at horse hour and check out our website www.horsehour.org i'll speak to you soon
0: you've been listening to horse hour join the community on twitter mondays 8 p.m uk time 3 p.m eastern by using the hashtag horse hour follow amy at amy stevenson one and go to horsehour.org for more equestrian advice and information